The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Now, Ireland's largest ever drug seizure in the history of the state took place several weeks ago. It followed a marked increase in organised drug trafficking in Europe. And yesterday evening, the EU announced a new Europe-wide plan to fight drug trafficking. Now, joining me to talk about this is Politico's Hani Kokilare and Michael O'Sullivan, ex-assistant Garda Commissioner and former head of the EU's anti-drug smuggling agency. Good morning and welcome. Um, Hani, first of all, can you outline... Oh, Hanny's not there yet, I've been told. We hopefully will have her in a moment. Uh, but uh, Michael, I'm sure, can uh, tell us about uh, this plan because I've been looking at it on the EU uh, website and it's, it's high on ambition and low on detail. Yeah, it's it's high on ambition. It, it, it probably just reinforces the, the overall EU criminal drug strategy. And what happens is that they develop a strategy which goes on for four to five years but in, in the intervening period, what happens is when they begin to see a criminal threat, for example, organized crime and drug trafficking, they then bring out a roadmap with a view to reinforcing and reprioritizing and refocusing people and law enforcement in particular and various government institutions in, in targeting the problem. And the problem in this case is transnational organized crime. It's moving fast and furious. All right. Now, Hani is uh, joining us now, Hani Kokolari. Okay. Hani, good morning. Good morning. Can you outline for us the the, the new uh, strategy and uh, this uh, plan they have and how it'll work? Uh, well, yeah, it's it's all about this uh, waterbed effect that um, that policymakers are aware of. You know, this idea that if you push back against drug trafficking in one port, that it might pop up in in a different port that maybe is perceived to be less protected or easier to get into, and um, the plan basically outlines lots of measures. Some of them are already uh, ongoing, some are new, but it basically um, proposes cooperation on, on different levels. So cooperation with non-EU countries, uh, mostly Latin American countries, but also cooperation between customs authorities in the EU and uh, cooperation between public authorities, enforcement authorities, and private companies in the shipping sector. Now, they want to build more resilience at ports because um, much of this stuff must come through on containers on the back of uh, trucks and so on. Uh, But uh, we know from our experience here recently having a a major drug hole in Ireland that the drug traffickers will try to isolate countries that they think are soft touches. You know, we have a very long coastline and uh, a relatively small navy. Yeah, exactly. And that, that's exactly it, right? The drug trafficking gangs are um, very inventive. Um, they are uh, have proved to be pretty quick on their feet and adapting to um, shifting to routes that, that are easier. Um, the second one is closed off. So that's the, the whole idea of, of this cooperation. Um, and you also see that um, in um, the cooperation with, um, between public and private um, entities, it's quite important because you see that, for example, in the shipping industry, there is um, know-how that doesn't necessarily trickle to, uh, through to um, to enforcement authorities. Now but you're po- right to say that that lot passes through the port. They, they mentioned that almost 70% of the cocaine that's seized in the EU is seized in, in ports. Yeah. Now, we know, and I'll talk to Michael in a moment about this, but 70% of the drug seizures take place in EU ports, as you've said, but we don't know how much gets through. Um that's the problem. You, you you can only talk about the volumes in terms of what is known. But if you were to do a calculation in terms of uh, cocaine use right across Europe, uh, how frequently people use cocaine and in what quantities, 
you might be able to get a, an estimate as to the, the rest of the stuff that does evade the authorities. Yeah, indeed. It's a major unknown. They, they, they're not quite sure how much they're catching, of course. They only know how much they are catching. And those are some staggering numbers. But um, the CEO of the port of Antwerp, Bruges, um, told me earlier this year that one assumption they have is that it's only 10 to 15 percent of what's actually coming through. And the commission yesterday mentioned that um, Europe's cocaine market is now the largest in the world. So, um, yeah, we're talking massive numbers. And they estimate that organized crime profits to the tune of 139 billion euro every year, which is 1% of the GDP of the EU. Uh, 1% doesn't sound a lot, but a 139 billion spread among the cartels and crime networks is one hell of a lot of money. Yeah, it's it's incredibly profitable um, to smuggle drugs, and that's part of the problem, right? So if you talk to um, to people in enforcement and also in, in, in shipping uh, sector companies that are trying to um, to stop this, they're saying that you're, you're dealing with uh, gangs that are very, very determined uh, because they're in a very profitable business. Now, there are many gangs doing many things uh, right across the EU, but they reckon that 40% are involved in the illegal drugs trade. So uh, that's a very significant amount of the criminal uh, fraternity. Um, How long do you think, um, Annie, that this will take to implement and to make a difference? Oh, that's. uh, I'm not sure about that. Uh, They have already started on some of these measures, and uh, some of the measures that they outlined are also starting later this year and, um, and, and early next year. So, for example, one of the things they said they want to do is identify security gaps and close them um, under this ports alliance that they proposed. So that's aimed at, at preventing um, what they said is criminal infiltration in these um, in, in the supply chain. So identifying those um, security gaps is something that they wanted to start doing this year already and then coming up with proposals to close them or recommendations at the very least next year. Um, but in terms of seeing the impacts of that, um, I, I wouldn't know when that would be visible. When that'll be visible. All right. Hanny, thank you very much for joining us. Hanny Kogelari, mobility reporter with uh, Politico uh, Europe. Uh, Michael, uh, I'm not sure how much of that you he- heard clearly, but um, yeah, heard they're doing a lot of things. But yeah. is the EU nimble enough? Well, just in answer to a question you posed there a few minutes ago, the cocaine market is estimated uh, uh, by the by the EMCDDA, that's the European Monitoring Centre for Drugs and Drug Addiction. They, they estimated two years ago that it was nine billion. Personally, I think it's it's more more than that, probably close to thirteen billion euros. That's just for coke. But you ask is, is the is the EU nimble enough? I suppose it, it, it isn't. But law enforcement has to be nimble enough, and and it, 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 the resources they give to law enforcement and and the greater the greater the structures they put in into international cooperation between the law enforcement agencies because the drug cartels, the transnational drug cartels, have international cooperation among their own networks and law enforcement have to have it to be more nimble and have to have those greater contacts. The big challenge, I guess, is some countries don't have, we don't have, uh, let's say, legislation that's compatible in each country. For example, the Criminal Assets Bureau a very, very uh, successful agency seizing a lot of 
property and a lot of cash from from, um, drug traffickers and other criminals. Other countries have serious difficulties doing that because of their legislation and the various Mm. structures they have in place. Uh, One of the problems, of course, is that uh, people in different uh, criminal agencies in uh, police departments may not want to share all their information because the wider information is shared, the more possibility there is that there'll be some sort of leak of that information. Yeah, there's an element of that. And you can see that with the recent EncroChat um, devices that were intercepted uh, about 18 months ago. There was a huge amount of corruption uh, by officials in ports and police throughout Europe who were working in tandem with the drug traffickers. So needless to say, confidential information has to be kept confidential. And it's very important to do that for, for the success of the operation. Mm-hmm. And it's re- they're reluctant to share it for, for obvious reasons. Yeah. Now, w- when I look at the actions they're going to take, um, you know, an evaluation of on drug trafficking in ports, uh, more financing of customs control equipments at ports and so on and so forth. Uh, quite a, a number of actions yeah. they're proposing taking. I was looking somewhere for, you know, the, the beefing up of the naval services of those countries with long coastlines and I didn't see anything. We're going to have to do it on our own. Well, well there's, there's plenty of legislation and reports. Uh, no, it's the money, you know, the money, oh, the to, money? to, to create yeah. more yeah. ships, uh, to... to Uh, commission more ships, recruit more sailors and so on, uh, and customs officials and all of that to more effectively police our waters. Yeah, it would certainly be a good idea. Ironically, we have the ships, we just don't have the manpower, but maybe that'll come. Yeah, even if all the ships were at sea, given the roles they have to play with fisheries protection, protection of the fibre optic cables underneath, keeping an eye on Russians and all the rest of it, uh, we probably need far more than eight vessels to police our waters. But anyway, we'll park yes. it there. Uh, Michael okay. O'Sullivan, former assistant guard, the commissioner, former head of the EU's anti-drug smuggling agency, uh, the Maritime Analysis and Operations Centre. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, one texter says, it's pointless nonsense. Human beings enjoy the sensation of altering their brain chemistry, always have and probably always will. And another new and shiny drug strategy that will make little difference. Maybe we'd be better off legalizing, regulating and taxing drugs. Drug users would then get their fix safe and clean rather than from violent drug gangs. That's from Hugh Mullen in Dublin. Listening to Regina Doherty the other day, though, when she was uh, on the hard shoulder, she was saying, you know, there's one thing for sure. If you legalize things... The use of drugs is not going to go down. It's whatever else happens, it's not going to go down. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.